This episode of the Anti-Heroes Podcast with Zach Blair is presented by Thunder Road Guitars. Thunder Road Guitars is the Pacific Northwest's best source for premium new, used, and vintage guitars, amplifiers, and pedals. Online or in their Seattle and Portland shops, you'll find fantastic customer service and a terrific vibe. I personally always make a stop at Thunder Road Guitars in Seattle. Uh, they're a great bunch of guys, and it's just not a complete Seattle trip unless I go and say hi and see what uh, wonderful stuff they have. These are real people offering real service, folks. Uh, use code ANTIHEROES10 to get 10% off at www.thunderroadguitars.com and tell them I sent you. Hey guys, this is Zach from the Anti-Heroes Podcast, and I want to welcome our newest sponsor to the show, DistroKid. DistroKid helps musicians get their music on all the major streaming platforms, and artists keep 100% of their royalties. Can you believe that? Anti-Heroes listeners get 30% off at distrokid.com slash VIP slash anti-heroes. Again, that's distrokid.com slash VIP slash anti-heroes. Thank you so much and support all the folks at DistroKid because they're they're doing amazing work and we couldn't be happier to have them on board. I'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsors over at Jim Dunlop and MXR Pedals. We couldn't be luckier to have these guys on board with us. I personally use these products and you should too. Find out more about them at jimdunlop.com. Let's get on to the podcast. Hello and welcome to the Anti-Heroes Podcast with your host, Zach Blair. I am Zach Blair. You know, I'm trying to think of a good name to call the fans of this show, the people that listen in, anti-herons, anti-hero people, anti-herons. Anyway, hi there, fans of the show, people listening in. Maybe it's your first time. Welcome. Thank you so, so much for listening to me talk to guitar players about guitar stuff. Today, you are stoked because we are going to talk to Gina Gleason from the band Baroness. I love Baroness. I think they're such a great band. We talk about it a bit in the episode. Baroness, arguably heavy band. I wouldn't go so far as to say a metal band. There's definitely a lot of metal in there, but they're not just a heavy metal band. Uh, and Gina is just a fantastic guitar player. Uh, she came from... Uh, the Cirque du Soleil. So she has this other sort of uh, perspective on guitar playing and, and background that's not just getting in a van and, and, and going port to port and playing like a fucking scallywag pirate like we all did. Um, and man, what a contribution she is and an addition to Baroness. So she's not their first guitar player. They have gone through uh, some lineup changes over the years. But this new lineup, man, woof. I saw them, we played a festival together a while back and it's just mind-blowing such a great band and uh, such a great guitar player so i am going to shut up so you can listen to my conversation with gina gleason
Hey, Gina. Hey. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> we were talking so, for like no, a minute. Well, and we, we realized that we have met. I introduced you guys, myself to you guys in Switzerland. Switzerland. It was Switzerland. Yeah. Right? In the Alps, in this like idyllic situation. And I love the Baroness band. And uh, you're one of those bands like that day I saw that you were playing and I was like, oh, well, I'm going to watch them. And I watched your whole set. Thank actually. you so much. Thank it's you. It's so good. Thank you it's so much. Good. Of course. And um, likewise. And we love the Rise oh, Against. The Rise Against. Yeah. Uh, the Rise Against. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I think that the podcast could be over right here. We should just announce a tour. Baroness and Rise Against. Yeah. And that, that should be it. Be awesome. That would be a fucking rad tour. That would be so cool. I love it. Yeah. A lot of the times, you know, you take a band, you're, you're like a tour of the band and you like them as people, but you don't. I uh, you know, whatever. You don't really go watch them. I would watch you guys every night. Man. Um, <laughs> that'd be great. Anyway, well, let's uh, let's talk about nerdy guitar shit. <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. As, as is the want of this podcast. So, so I'm going to start with because I'm a fan. One of the things that I think is so cool, and I don't know if it's always been been like this with Baroness, but definitely with your sort of tenure. The use of single coil and P90 pickups and what others, not to define it so much, but I wouldn't call Baroness a metal band per se, definitely a heavy band. And was that a, a conscious decision on your part to just say, you know what, fuck it, I'm not going to do the humbucker thing? Because you also, at least at that festival, were using, and of course it was rental gear, but Fender combo amps like the Hot Rod DeVille, if I'm not mistaken, was mm-hmm. it? Yeah, yeah, and a Princeton. So, yeah, so was all of that a conscious decision? Like, I'm not going to do the humbucker Marshall thing. Yeah, I mean the Fender combo thing. That's what we use live. So I use like a Princeton and a Deluxe. I think yeah, when we're renting stuff, sometimes it's like, would yeah. you take a hot rod? And it's like, yeah, I like this too. Those are cool. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think just like trial and error like just trying stuff when i joined the band i didn't really know like what i was coming from a situation where i was playing um and more of like a theater like production kind of thing i was playing guitar at Cirque du Soleil for uh the past almost five years at that point so that's like a totally different thing it's like everything's on a fractal all your patch changes are like midi triggered with like the whole time code of like the show and like the lighting cues and all that so it's like it's just a totally different world i mean it doesn't really feel like you're you're not that connected to like right. <laughs> what you're doing uh which is kind of like the bummer of those maybe like situations because it's like i am yes technically playing guitar but uh i'm not like invested in in this because it's it's just you're for me personally i'm like i just feel really like removed from like uh the yeah thing about guitar that i love so whatever, that was a tangent. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. This is exactly what we talk about in here. And I've got a thousand things to say about your point just now because I've been going through it myself. Go sure. ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so, you know, started playing with John. I found this used uh, it was a 1992 ASAT classic, a GNL ASAT classic Telecaster. And that just like worked really well. And we started like experimenting with amps. We had, a, you know, all kinds of stuff. I had a Marshall half stack. Um, I had like a Buddha super drive combo. Yeah. Uh, John had like some of the Buddha stuff too. We had like all kinds of stuff and we kind of like settled on the Princeton's like, and I think the way that we play guitar together. And then as we started like writing and, and kind of just like really becoming like this guitar playing team, we're rarely like playing the same thing. 
at the same time, unless it's like arranged where it's like, all right, now it's like a moment and now we're both playing this E power chord or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we voice things really like in a way that it's, uh, there's more of a spread that we can complement sure. what the other person's doing. And so for us with like humbuckers or like a more saturated sound, it was just like somebody's stepping on the other person, depending on right. who's doing what part. And we really need them both to stick out equally. And the single coil, setup for us just like gave us that ability to be really surgical with our tones to not step on the other person's like part and you know just kind of give everything that that spread that it needed to kind of complement what we were doing uh which yeah. was trying to complement uh each other you know so right that's how we kind of like arrived with that well a few things there a playing heavier music with galloping and double picking and palm muting and stuff like that with a single coil or a P90 pickup. I mean, it's, they're not as friendly to you. You know what I mean? They're not, they're not working in your favor. Like you really got to know your shit and, and, and play super precise, like you just said. And so that's a true testament to both of you guys, but also one, an interesting choice. And, and, you know, I've, I'm sound like a broken record. Cause I've talked about this so many times. I as well, am in a guitar partnership and, uh, why play the same thing at the same time? You know, it's not heavier. It doesn't sure. sound, you know, it just sounds like one guitar doing, doing those one thing, unless you guys phrase things differently, which I mean, hopefully, you know, if you're in a guitar partnership, you do. <laughs> so it sounds, there is that bit of a delay thing that kind of broadens it, but why not play different stuff? And I've, I've referred this a thousand times. I know, uh, you know, the Grateful Dead, they refer to it as weaving, you know, they kind of weave in and out of each other and kind of, take each other's parts and stuff like that. And I just love that sort of idea behind it. Um, I did know that, notice that about you guys as well. And it's done in such a cool, interesting way that adds breadth and adds dimension. And then to back up even further, your whole thing with the amp profilers, you know, it's fucked because I've been going through that shit myself right now to where with what you and I do, we, we get drop shipped into these festivals and Going on amp profilers, it makes a lot of sense, yeah. you know, because it's consistent in our ears and all that shit. But I got to admit, when I see somebody playing a big place, a stadium, and they're doing it with like four pedals and a regular amp and a guitar, I, I just think it's cooler. Yeah. You know? I mean, like logistically, the profilers are awesome. Like they make so much sense. Like I just, I just watched the like Rick Beato interview with Kirk Hammett. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Which is yeah. All, it's so awesome. Like, uh, absolutely. I like, oh man, I like had a night where I was just at home and I like made dinner and sat down. I was like, I'm going to watch the Rick Beato, like the new awesome. Rick Beato. I love that. That sounds like a great <laughs> evening. That sounds like an amazing um, evening. <laughs> but yeah. And he talked about like their process of like arriving to, okay, this makes sense. And uh, yeah, they're playing massive stadiums and, um, sure. and he talked about like, okay, we want like, whatever on the black album, we layered like four different amps. So we, we can get that sound. Like we can actually like do that. Right. Um, it just makes sense for some people for us. We just like, this works for us and we love it. And it's just like such a, you know, it's part of what we do. Something like when I was getting to know John, um, I, I even like with the, the jazz masters. Like I remember I was like playing his jazz master. I was like, it's kind of hard to play. And he's like, yeah, but you have to like, you really have to like earn it. You have to work for it. Mm -hmm. Like, and you know, I think part of him was like, 
maybe the a part of the song will reveal itself in a more honest way if you're you know sure. putting that much more of yourself into it and i thought that was like really cool and uh yeah. there is tech that makes things a lot easier and and that does make oh, sense sometimes fuck yes there is yeah well and that's what that's a true testament to you guys and yeah i mean playing a go fast guitar you know like uh, we'll remain nameless with a ton of distortion playing heavy music it's 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 gonna be easier you know what i mean yeah and you guys are not playing characteristically metal guitars and you're not playing characteristically metal amps so it is relying on your hands and uh and uh my hat's off to you no i really appreciate that i think like uh that that means that means so much to us like that's because that's how we we kind of think about things like more distortion doesn't necessarily like equal heavier like absolutely you know i remember hearing like um at one point, like the stems to like the beat it guitar solo, like Eddie Van yeah. Allen solo. And I remember being like, this is like pretty clean. Yeah. Like when you think about that, so like the most, one of the most iconic guitar solos of all time, maybe the most iconic, yeah. cause it's like, yeah. uh, it's in pop music. It's not just, you know, a metal solo or whatever. And, uh, and it's pretty clean, you know? Yeah, I have this, I had an idea in my head of like, oh, this is gonna be like, the crazy, but it's like, it just sounds like the loudest amp, uh, right. being pushed. And yeah, it's not as saturated as, as whatever my imagination, uh, made it, yeah. made it seem like it would be. Which is crazy. Cause you know, his rhythm tones were so overdriven. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Like, totally. like uh, if you think of the riff of unchained, it's like, holy fuck, that was like yeah. death metal, you know, <laughs> distortion from back then, you know? Totally. Um, so let's go back a little bit. Like why, what made you start playing guitar? What was your trajectory there? I just thought it was really cool. Like my dad had a guitar laying around and um, he had like this VHS tape of like how to, how to play guitar, how to play the blues. Yeah. It's like, this, you know, here's 12 bar blues, whatever. And I was like, I got to learn that. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah. So I just like, I don't know. I don't know why certain things like appeal, like when you're a kid, uh, you just gravitate towards things and, that was like my thing. And I have an older brother who, uh, you know, was into yeah. metal and Pantera and stuff like that. And, you know, I think part of me is like, I just want to, my older brother think I'm cool. <laughs> so yeah. that was yeah. kind of, yeah. That's so important to have somebody older as your sort of Sherpa into anything really, you know, whether it's, it's punk music or metal or guitar playing or whatever. It's so important to have somebody else that, that has, has been down the road and like can show you the way and it's fun. It's easy. You could do, just put your hand here or whatever, you know, whatever it might be. Absolutely. Um, so like, was it something you knew you always wanted to do or, or did it take a while or when you picked it up for the first time, you're like, this is it. I think for me, when I picked it up, I just like, I wasn't like a huge sports kid. Like I wasn't, mm -hmm. you know, so that was like my thing that I just naturally wanted to give it all my attention. Like I was just was like, no, I want to, you know, whatever I was trying to learn at the time, breaking the law or whatever. It's like, I yeah. really like want Fuck to understand yeah. this. And like, yeah, it just kind of like organically consumed me. <laughs> so I just yeah. let it happen because I, I loved it. Like, I would go to the dinner table holding my guitar and, you know, like I just didn't yeah. want to put it down. So yeah. that's fucking great. I, I mean, I think it's kind of like also it has to be that way. I, I, you know, I, I can't pretend to know how somebody makes it or does something nowadays. I mean, 
people have asked, you know, what, what, what do you do? I'm like, I don't fucking know if how I did it is how you do it, which is put everything into it. Don't give yourself anything to fall back on and put all your shit in a storage and go in a van for 10 years until people are showed up at your gigs. But I think you need that dedication and drive to, to do it. I think. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Was, was Cirque du Soleil sort of your, what was your first sort of professional tenure or, or was there a band before Cirque du Soleil or? Um, I played in bands like in Philly, bands with friends from high school. When, once I was like more in high school and college, I played bands. We'd do house shows and just like stuff like that. Yeah. And I played in a Metallica cover band. And then that kind of that. gave us like um, a taste of like touring because it was, you know, uh, I suppose because it was like something like a cover bands, maybe a little easier of like, all right, we're going to like just book some shows and 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 right. see what happens soon. um so that gave us like kind of a taste of of being on tour for the first time as i mean we were like pretty young we were in in high school i say easier because i, I think like just for like booking things it's like this is what it is it's just it's right. it's a cover band whatever just put it in a in a bar and, and that'll work right um that was like whatever sophomore year of high school and kind of into the first year or so of college. We kind of did that where we would um, tour around doing that and, and then playing our like original stuff uh, more locally around the Philly and Jersey area. And uh, yeah. yeah. And then I kind of dropped out of college to pursue just doing music full time. And yeah. And then I, started working at Cirque du Soleil. That was just something I, a friend of mine saw like, Hey, they're like, oh, whatever, like auditioning, like musicians, they're just like hiring musicians. And I thought that would be really cool. I had never heard of Cirque du Soleil before. I didn't like oh, as- no shit. aspire to do that. I just was like, that's cool. Like I would had an interest in checking that out. Like, what does that world look like of yeah. just like, Oh, these they're hiring like musicians, whatever. Um, and that kind of took its own journey and its own legs, and yeah. So, did was that like okay? So the production you were in was the Michael Jackson show. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm a. I, I'm telling. You, I'm a fan of like I the Beatles love show. I've been to that thing so many times, and it's always amazing. I love it. It's so good. Um, yeah, it's so good. Uh, was it? So did you have to? Was that in Vegas or was that a touring thing? So that was in Vegas, yeah, and like similar to the Beatles one, where it's um, I think it's like George Martin's son is like the um, producer yeah. of like all the music for that because it's a lot of you know um, takes that were you know curated for the the show. So it's it's not just like here's a song as is. He kind of like produced it to right. uh, produce the whole soundtrack to kind of like go along with with the visuals and all that. So yeah, and then Michael Jackson's show is similar in in that like kind of style of production. So that's why, yeah, we had access to like the stems from thriller where it's like, do you want to hear that's bananas. the isolated shaker track on the song thriller? It's like, yes, yes, I do <laughs> want to hear that. Sure. Like, that's really cool. Uh, why not? Fuck? Yeah, <laughs> it's absolutely. so random. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So that was in Vegas and it's, it's still there. I, it started in, uh, we all went to Montreal, like the kind of original like cast members and we created the show in Montreal and then the theater was built out for it in Vegas and it we kind of took what we did in Montreal and moved it into this theater and that's where it still is wow. so yeah wow did you leave that for Baroness 
Um, it's essentially, yes. I was just like, like we were talking about earlier, I was getting to a point where I felt like I kind of stopped growing as a artist and a musician after doing that for so long. It's 484 shows a year. God damn. Um, so it's a lot of shows. I did it for, you know, including the creation process just under five years, which that part was cool. That was, you know, more yeah, um, awesome. collaborative and, and whatever. But um, yeah, I mean, it's just, that's just what it is. You, you really can't change up what you're doing or, or anything like that because it's like actually dangerous <laughs> like to yeah, like, yeah. Uh, you know, everyone's relying on like certain cues and, and whatever. And with that type of schedule at the time, there was no like person to sub in for me. Like it was just me. So I wasn't meant to like get sick or like miss any days of work. So it was hard to like wow. have a band or tour or do things outside of um, just like what that schedule required. So sure, I was just kind of ready to like do something else and get back to being in bands. Cause that's what I loved. And I kind of met John around that time. And so it just sort of worked out and I was like, I'm, I'm just going to go back to Philly. That's where I'm from. And, you know, get back into just being in a band and, and yeah. being on tour and, and making albums. Cause that's what I want to be doing. What a great band you fucking joined too, man. Thank um, you so much. Yeah. How did you meet him? How did that come about? Um, John and I met through, I was like, yeah, I'm from Philly. So I lived in Vegas and, um, and I was looking for this particular type of fuzz pedal that I was sure that I could find at the shop in Philly called DePinto guitars, okay. but I couldn't remember. Oh, I know DePinto. Yeah, De yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was a great shop. Uh, I couldn't remember the name of the pedal. So I was like Googling stuff to try to like hopefully find it. And I looked up like Philly fuzz pedal and this company came up called Philly fuzz. And I was like, what's this? That's not what I was looking for, but like, yeah. that's awesome. And it was this guy and his wife made these pedals out of the neighborhood I grew up in, in Philadelphia, wow. a little neighborhood called Roxboro. So it was like super random that they were like based out of there. So I bought yeah. one online and, uh, and I just told them like, Hey, I'm going to be in town visiting my family. So like if it saves on the shipping or whatever, I'll just come get it in two days. And they're yeah. like, yeah, that's cool. And then John sent me an Instagram message and was like, did you just buy a Philly fuzz pedal? And I was like, yeah, like, uh, yeah. hi, I'm a big fan. <laughs> like, <laughs> like yeah. what? And he was like, oh yeah, I work with them. I do some of the, like, he collaborated with, with Steve who made the pedals. Like he would kind of help him like wow. test out parts and like guide him on like, yeah, this one should whatever, have more of this type of sound or however they collaborated in that process. And I had no idea. I just thought it was like, you know, a random yeah pedal maker dude that made rad pedals so he was like well when you come pick up the pedal maybe we could jam and like try out oh. other stuff he's got like all kinds of stuff he's working on uh this guy steve who made the philly fuzz pedals and he's like i got a lot of gear and, and i was like yeah let's, let's do that It'd be awesome so that's how we met was like through this pedal this love so of cool. this pr really highly specific type of pedal so that's so i want to Fucking cool story. And you know, Depinto guitars, it's funny because those guitars are so cool. That band Low Straight Jackets uses Depinto guitars. Yeah, yeah. And I always thought they kind of look like the guitars from the Flintstones, you know what I mean? Totally. Like the, the way they're like their pick guards and stuff. I always thought that was so cool. And I actually saw that store once. It was closed. I was in Philadelphia and I saw that store. I was like, oh shit, that's those. 
and I never, I didn't get to go in, but I'm going to go in now. Holy yeah, shit. yeah, it's make, cool. So. Make a, a note of that. Is that where it started? He was just kind of like, hey, I'm looking for a guitar player. This was working out. Let's do this. No, I mean, he didn't even say I'm looking for a guitar player. He was like, you know, I think we like hung, we had coffee and um, maybe he brought like the pedal that I bought. It was like, here's this. And then like, you know, if you want to jam later and yeah, I mean, he was very kind. He invited me to his like home and we sat in his basement for like eight hours and just like played Holy guitar shit. together. We just jammed. We played. I don't even know what I couldn't tell you what I like. I think we played Orion. <laughs> Good. Um, perfect. Yeah. And then he was just was like, yeah, if you're ever like visiting, like, let me know. Like, we'll hang and, and jam like John's, you know, he's a down to earth dude. And yeah. he's just like. That's just John. Like, oh, cool. I like what this person's doing. Like, let's let's do that. That's cool. Yeah. So yeah, I guess I saw him a couple more times, and maybe we were gonna make like a demo for the pedals, you know, for this guy Steve who's making these pedals, and and then eventually he was like, well, next time you come, like, could you learn some Baroness songs, and then we'll have something specific to play. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I know a couple of them. Like, let me know which ones. Like, the Purple album had just come out. Yeah, yeah, it's a great so, record. Yeah, so he had sent me an email with like thirty or thirty-five songs in it. Oh shit! Uh, so he's like, I "Just learn these ones," you know. And yeah. uh, so I, I don't know. I learned some of them. I was like, "Yeah, you're like this. This is no fun jam anymore. This is like take a yeah, crack at it." Yeah, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's very like nonchalant about. It. He's like, "Well, I think like Nick and Sebastian are in town. Like, why don't we just play with them? Like, did you learn the <laughs> the songs? Like." Oh, we'll just oh, everybody just jam. Like we'll just have a fun, yeah. fun jam, and and I played with them, and they're super nice dudes, like insanely talented, super cool dudes. Oh and, yeah, Jesus. And that was it. And then like later on, he's like, yeah, I think like their guitar player Pete Adams. Uh, he's like, I think he's kind of like gonna move on to different stuff. And do you want to play guitar in the band? And I was like, absolutely. So I went in and and put in my two weeks and. <laughs> That was it. So fucking cool. I love those cool. stories. I love it. Thanks, I love man. it. Thanks That's so what makes this whole thing that we do magic. You know what I mean? It's such a rarefied air that we we breathe. And, and what we get to do is such a – it's not real. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it is, of course, because it's what we do. But it's like – it's a fairy tale. And Absolutely. And, and I'm, I'm so lucky we get to do this. And when I talk to other people that also do, it's always so um, endearing to – would you talk to somebody that has the the shared experience and also the same uh, mindset toward it? They're, they're not jaded yet. You know, it's like, we all know that. Holy shit. This is crazy. We get to do this. Absolutely. Uh, I, I just, I just love that. And, yeah. and what a great, what a great, uh, I was a fan of the band before and after you and, and man, what a great addition. And it's just kind of just taken on this whole other thing. It's very apparent as a guitar player that you and John both are so compatible you know musically and linked in such a cool way and i feel personally like the sort of guitar language on the baroness records has gone on to a new dimension since you've been in the band and it was really impressive to watch that live as well thank you so much that absolutely means a lot to us yeah i mean we just we play a ton of guitar together and yeah i think John's same mentality, like he's just excited to play guitar and, and so am I. Good. And so it's just like, yeah. we, we live close to one another. We can, we have that like kind of, 
I don't know, luxury of being able to like, what are you doing today? Nothing. All right, let's jam. Like, you know, yeah, it's like. It's great. I live, you know, in Texas and my band is in Chicago, so I don't get that. And it's, it's sure. kind of a drag, you know. Um, yeah, man. Yeah, no, it's it's funny. I, I was watching you guys live, but you know, side note, I also was watching your drummer Sebastian Thompson because I'm a big Trans Am fan as well. Absolutely. And so, uh, God, just watching the the marvel that is that guy as well is just Jesus Christ. He's insane, man. And like, God, yeah, he's so good. And I love like he's like the way we're like geeking out on whatever this piece of gear. Mm-hmm. That like he's the same way with with drums and guitar. He's just like a, a super great musician. He's got a great ear and he's a great composer and writer. And uh, I just, I love hearing like him talk about the things he's excited about, like Stuart Copeland or Zeppelin or whatever. And then when I hear like bits of that in what he does, I'm like, God, he's so good. (laughs) So good. It's very obvious. Stuart, that's, that's a, yeah. Stuart Copeland. I hear Nico McBrain a lot in my Iron Maiden, you know? Yeah. Awesome. I hear a lot of that in that guy, but you know, with, with what you were saying about guitar, it's like, I mean, I don't know about you and I've said it a lot on here, but I don't, this is my hobby. It's my passion. It's my li- It's everything. I don't have anything else. I don't want anything else. You know, T- to me, it's a, it is enough of like, if I had time to have a hobby like golf or some shit, I, I would be doing that just thinking like, oh, wow, I could be learning some cool new thing. And that's not to say if people aren't on that, then more power to them. I, I actually almost envy somebody that has I think the capacity. I envy it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, oh my God, that that would be so cool to have. Uh, maybe I'd feel like a more well-rounded human being, but at the end of the day, it is who I am, you know? Yeah, that's the thing. It's um, it's like a double-edged sword. It's like, a lot of times I feel like I'm not a very well-rounded person, like in the ways that you just described. And it's like, yeah. uh, there's not a lot of like boundaries, you know? And whether like, that's with me, like just with myself and what I, how I spend my hours and, and days and stuff like that. It's just like, you know, a little bit all uh, consuming sometimes. I don't know if it's good or bad. Just it's it just what it is. What it is. Like I don't have like a it lot is of it is. control over. Uh, I just kind of let it again, like take take over. So, uh, yeah. But I love that. Yeah, I don't I do know. Too. I don't know. Do you feel that like like there's not a lot of like boundaries or balance or how do you like balance it out? Do you like? I don't ooh. think I do. Yeah, <laughs> I really don't think I do. I mean, when I'm home. I don't commiserate with, with other folks that have real or normal jobs, you know, um, very much. And that sounds like a very sort of asshole-ish. I, I don't mean it that way. It's just I don't have anything in common, so I end up sounding like an alien if I'm trying to talk to somebody because inevitably what we do gets brought up. And there's no way to explain that to a person that doesn't really understand without sounding like you're bragging or whatever it might be. Sure. You know, sure. if I was trying to explain to a normal person that I met you in the Alps of Switzerland at a festival where we were playing, you know, it's just like, that sounds like fucking fairy tale land. Sure. But to you and me, that's how we met. That's actually how we met. We met in Switzerland in the Alps. Totally. So it's, I just find that I don't, you know, I don't commiserate well. And then when I actually am trying to do something or, or something I need to do, like, the other day, I had to drive a U-Haul to my mother to give her a washer and dryer. Nice, yeah. And the whole time, all I was thinking of was, oh, shit, I wanted to work on that that Eric Johnson Rolling Fives lick. <laughs> and I wanted to work on that so bad, and I just didn't. And I, that's all I thought about the whole fucking day, to where I think I abbreviated my session with my mom, just kind of like, okay, you got it? Cool, later. <laughs> my dog, you know, like... 
It's like, ah, oh, God, I'm a fucking asshole. It's tough, but you know, we're extremely lucky. Like when we're not on, like we've been home from the last tour we were on was ended like last October. So, or November. So yeah, we've, we've been home essentially the better part of a year. So we use that time to finish the record and, and all that stuff. But, right. um, yeah, John and I live in Philly. Like we just go to shows constantly. Like we just go wow. to whatever house shows, like whatever. There's a lot of great venues in Philly. There's a lot of great bands yeah. that are from here and that come through here. And, um, yeah. And it just like, it's like, all right, here's where I feel good. Yeah. You know? So, so, Let's talk a bit about that. So you, you guys do have a new record coming out, and it's called Stone. And uh, when is that going to officially be out? Yes, yeah, so that comes out September 15th. And awesome. be on the lookout because, yeah, that week of the 15th and, you know, kind of the next week and a half after that, we'll be on tour every day just going to independent record stores. So just like indie retailers, essentially from Poughkeepsie, New York, down to Atlanta, Georgia. So if you're on the East Coast, we might be in your neighborhood record store. So keep an eye out for that on whatever our Instagram or website is. Our website is yourbaroness.com. Um, okay. Baroness.com was taken by like a like an S and M like leather oh, apparel apparel <laughs> website. Yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. So yeah, yeah, yeah. your Baroness is. Uh, I mean, go awesome. to both. Whatever you know. Sure. I mean, whatever floats your boat. You Do know. it all. Yeah. Yeah. When's the actual official tour start up? Yeah. So we'll be starting this Sweet Oblivion tour October 13th, and that goes till okay. December 2nd. And it's just the whole U.S., Canada, East, West, North, South, Midwest. Yeah. We'll probably be hopefully close to wherever you live, whoever you are listening. Awesome. Um so yeah, come out right. and we're touring with like, selfishly, not just like one or two bands, but sort of like a different grouping of bands, like regionally throughout the tour. So awesome. there's like, I don't know, maybe 15, 10 or 15 incredible bands um, joining us throughout the entire tour. So yeah, right. come through and and support them and, and check out the record. Well, that's what's so cool about your band as well. It's like you can't really define barrenness. You can't like pigeonhole it. And I think that's the mark of always a great band is when you can't just go, ah, oh, they're a metal band because you guys are not a metal band, you know, or just a metal band. I mean, you definitely yeah. have metal aspects, but <clears throat> it's so much more than that. You can only describe it as barrenness. I mean, it just sounds like you're a band. And that, you know, as well as I do, it's like, I, I love metal and I love punk rock and I like it. But when there are those bands that just sound exactly the same and you can listen to 10 of them and then there'll be one in there that you're like, that band is the better of the 10 sure. <laughs> for whatever reason, you know, it's because they have something discernible. Maybe the drummer plays it a certain way or, you know, the singer's voice is different. And, uh, Jesus Christ, you can't put you guys in any catalog. Or yeah. Category. I, think, I don't know if that's been like, I mean, I think that's mostly that it's a positive for us. I think as far as like who sure. do we tour with or who do we like pair well with has been like kind of a something we've been trying to figure out. Um, but what what's kind of cool is it kind of gives us the flexibility to to kind of pair up with with anybody. Um, right. And that's ultimately like more fun for us. Yeah, our music is spirited in in heavy metal and 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 hardcore and 
and whatever classic rock and country music. So it's kind of, you know, yeah. it's just is the amalgamation of our influences and what we bring to the table. And I appreciate about John that he's not like, he's never like naysaying ideas, you know, even the right. craziest, most out there like ideas or even something that's just inspired by like a weird sound or something. He's like, yep, let's follow this he's thread. In. Yeah. <laughs> so I envy that. I envy that, that kind of creativity so much, man. Uh, and it's, it's just the only, in my opinion, the only way to make music really. So speaking of that, you, you brushed on that a little bit, your influences, what, who were your people? Like who were your, in your guitar, it could be your favorite band or your guitar influences uh, early on and even now? Yeah. I mean, my guitar influences early on, I'd say Kirk Hammett. We've talked about him yeah. a lot this interview, but like, yeah, I mean, he's Metallica is just one of those like staple bands when you're learning guitar, you're like, you're going to end up learning Master Puppets and you're going to take of something course. from that, that you bring into your own playing and your own writing. Yep. And they're just one of those bands yep. that it's heavy and it's complex. It's also really catchy. You know, they have that sure. great balance. And so, yeah, so definitely Metallica. I'm a big, like Randy Rhodes fan. I'm yeah. a big fan of how he composes his solos where you can sing them, but they're also like yeah. dazzling, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, for sure. And, you know, Dimebag Daryl is a guitar hero of mine. Just his like, not only his solos, but just kind of like the rhythmic nature of his like riffs and his like songwriting yeah. is, is really cool and whatever. So those are like the obvious whatever yeah. guitar. I know this is the anti-hero podcast though. Um, no, no, no. Yeah. That's, hey, look, I'm, 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 I'm a huge fan of all those guys as well. I mean, my guys are like, you know, Michael Shanker and Gary Moore and, and the, those yeah. dudes and Hammett, of course, Hammett. I've gone out on a deep Eddie Van Halen thing lately. Yeah. And sure. it's funny with Dimebag Daryl because I am from that area, like where the, the Abbott brothers are from, uh, North Texas. Gotcha. And specifically a town called Sherman. And those guys are from, uh, a place called Arlington and they would play this shitty little club in Sherman and like hang out at the mall. And this is when they had, they, it was before Phil and they were a glam band. Like they wore spandex and they had the teased out hair and he was diamond Daryl and not dime sure. bag yet. Sure. <laughs> and so then, and we were thrash metal kids. Like we were into creator and slayer possessed. Like we got into weird shit, you know, like real, and this is love, the late eighties when possessed. all that shit was happening. Love seven yeah. churches. Oh, God. I, see, I was just about to say seven. Fuck. You beat me to it. But yes. So like all the Bay Area shit, all the Florida stuff, you know, um, obituary and, and all that stuff. So we were like yeah. those guys. I fuck those guys, you know, whatever. And uh, we had a band called Harm's Way with a Z and we'd actually do creator covers. Nice. And uh, extreme aggression and shit. Uh, anyway. And so when they got filled, they went and somebody was like, dude, Pantera played the other day. They're not wearing like spandex and shit anymore and they're doing slayer covers and so we were like motherfucker you know like you know another so so then we and and we still didn't like them you know we were like fuck those guys or whatever and then that record came out uh, you know cowboys from hell and then it, it was just as a guitar player it was just too hard to deny and also yeah. he was ubiquitous back then if you were a guitar player in that area because he was winning all these like shredder competitions and winning right. Dean MLs and all of his guitars and all that stuff. Sure. So I just couldn't get away from him. So I think it was like that too. Like, mm, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then it was, you couldn't deny it. Then it was just like, all right, fuck. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it is it's like, yeah, it's like undeniable riffing. 
have you seen that there's like some video of him like it's like old footage he's got the kind of like teased out hair but he's it's like him and his brother and they're doing like a medley of like ozzy solos no it's, it's no like, i haven't seen it's that. awesome you gotta, you gotta I scope to that, that one out but yeah i mean like whatever in the spirit of the anti-hero uh podcast i think dave rowlings is like probably my favorite guitar oh, player and like has yeah. the, maybe most influence on me i just love the way he plays and the way he yeah. like dave rowlings um gillian welsh's guitar player and i mean they play and sing together they're a, a yeah a true duo um and he does his own stuff as well but i mean the way he kind of play his playing outlines the like progression that's going on um i don't know i, I kind of look for that in in guitar players that i admire there's just a, a right. way of going about not just soloing but just however you're crafting um the progression or w whatever you're doing to like suit the vocal part um right i like players that can outline the progression in what they're doing and, and not have it be like here's the chords and then i'm just gonna shred over top of it and ignore the changes and right. and just kind of do my own thing and just shred for shred's sake yeah i mean i like that too yeah. sometimes but you know the yeah, but dave is um yeah i mean it's just emotional and it's classy playing but it's it's uh right it's not as check that out. flashy as yeah check it out it's yeah. it's beautiful i think he's like the perfect guitar player Awesome. Okay. Well, I will, on your recommendation, I will definitely check that out. Cool. Awesome. So, so I ask everybody toward the end, is there one that got away? Do you have a guitar or an amp or a piece of gear or something you might like got stolen or had to hawk or whatever? Hmm. Oh man. I think there's a few. <laughs> uh, there always is. Right. I'm like impulsive in the moment of like, if I'm like cleaning, like my house, I'm like, all right, throw this away. And then like, you know, a month later, I'm like, where's that like oh, thing yeah. that, I held on to for eight years, never used, and now I want it, and it's and it. Threw now away. I need it. Yeah. Um, I had a really cool Firebird. It was the 120th anniversary Firebird, Gibson Firebird. Whoa! And it was awesome. I traded it for a pair of Warm Audio preamps. So I, I mean, oh. I don't know. I think I get a lot of use out of those. So. Yeah. So that's probably okay. But I do think about that guitar a lot. I'm like, that was pretty cool. Maybe I shouldn't have done yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's cool to get other gear, but like there's something about a guitar. There's such an, it embodies something else. You know what I mean? Like you can look at a preamp and appreciate it for what it is. But then a guitar is this whole other, you know, we put a personality on them. You know what I mean? We put like, we name them and shit. You know what I mean? You don't name a preamp. So sure. I, I get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. Yeah. I mean, my main guitar that, I mean, it's road-worn as, as heck, and I recorded the whole record with it. It's this American Pro 1 um, Fender Telecaster, and it was John's guitar, and he lent it oh. to me one night on tour. He's like, do you want to try this guitar? I was like, yeah, I'll try it. And I never gave it back. I think that was in like 2017 or something. <laughs> um, and he's a super good sport about it. And we joke about it a lot. He's like, this is like the guitar that like that got away. He's like, I can't even look at it. Like kind of thing. Like we kind yeah. of joke about it, but yeah, that's like my main, uh, my main thing. I love it. It is stupid. I yeah. We, when, when, we give these personalities. to them. Like, Yeah. And we, I love uh, uh, tanking on something that you've kind of like just been laying around and then it just becomes your main guitar. I love that. Totally. I really do. 
Well, shit. Thank you so much for giving me your time. I'm not going to keep you. you too much longer. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, so anyone listening, uh, maybe by the time this comes out, uh, your new record Stone will be out. Awesome. So go and check out Baroness. I will be doing that. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. All right. Thank you, Gina. Talk to you soon. See ya. There it is, folks. I was so happy to get a chance to talk to her because ever since I met her, I wanted to talk to her more about guitar playing and her background because I've read about it and I just thought that was such an interesting background in, in, in playing and in touring and in live performance because I don't know many guitar players that have played with the Cirque du Soleil. Do you? I don't think there's that many of them, to be honest, and she's one. And uh, wow, that was fascinating. And just playing in Baroness. It's so, uh, such a great, great band. Uh, so thank you for listening to that. I am going to leave you with a great example of her wonderful guitar playing like I always do. So as we did say, they have a new record and it is called Stone. Should be out by the time this podcast comes out. The second song on that record is going to be called Last Word. And listen to this solo. Uh, she told me that she recorded it with uh, Fender Champ. Uh, with a ribbon mic and and John Baisley, their singer's uh, guitar player's uh, dining room. And she's compressed the hell out of it. And this solo is mind-blowing. This is just unbelievable. So check out this solo and uh, check out Gina and Baroness. Uh, also here at the end, I'm going to thank the wonderful folks over at Jim Dunlop MXR Pedals. Check out what they're doing at jimdunlop.com. And I am also going to thank the lovely folks at DistroKid. They're helping people put out records, man. Check out what they're doing as well, DistroKid. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. <laughs>